everybody thank you for tuning in as always we appreciate all the support all the love we've been getting uh really means a lot to us it, it motivates us thank you for all the kind messages we've been getting and again all the support is just you know it's surreal so thank you to everybody out there we're back to you again today with another episode of Talk today we got a brand new guest you know it's always exciting when we got a new guest uh uh i think let me allow them to introduce themselves because i think they'll do it a lot better than i will uh okay uh, I, I, first of all Raul, thank you so much for having me. I, I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm so excited for being here. I wish I could talk to everybody in South Central LA. Everybody was on the podcast. Everybody's listening. Everybody's watching. Cause I think it would never end. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm out of Montreal, Canada. Uh, I, I'm called a jackhammer. And uh, the reason I'm a jackhammer, I'm 70 going on 50. And uh, basically, uh, you know, I, I uh, 20 odd years ago, I hit rock bottom. And I really lost everything financially, personally, everything. But I was lucky. It took me almost 16, 17 years to reinvent myself. But I have successfully reinvented myself stronger than ever at 68 years old in real estate, you know, which I've done, let's say, over $40 million in property acquisitions, wow. helping investors in the last two years from wow. nothing, and, 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 and helping doing consulting for strategic partnerships for many other individuals. And so, so and, and, and this is all at 70 years old. And I'm just getting started. Okay, yeah. so so, like any, anybody knows that it it it's it, it's um it's for sure uh, it's never too late. Okay, you gotta want it. You gotta be a jackhammer. You gotta keep getting up. You gotta keep going. You gotta keep trying, and you can't ever give up. So that's my short sweet story. Amazing. All right, so we're gonna dive into that. But before we got the quote of the day, but let's start with the quote. Uh, so this is a quote by Confucius, ancient Chinese philosopher. Uh. The quote reads as follows. The man who says he can and the man who says he can't are both correct. Again, the man who says he can and the man who says he can't, they are both correct. Mr. Uh, Mr. Can you please let us know how you feel about that quote and what that yeah, means to you? Yeah, it's Byron. Yeah, and, and, Myron, and, Myron. Yeah, and Henry Ford said, said the same thing. If you believe you can't, you can't. If you believe you can, you can't. Right. So, it's very I've learned the hard way because I learned first things last and 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 you know don't wait until you're 60 or 70 and, and to go to hell and back or hit rock bottom uh, back type of thing is interrupt uh, uh, you know my story is it's all do a mindset and the, the key is you got to keep going right. and it's all and many days you don't feel like you keep going so how do you keep going well one of the things that I that I've successfully done is that I stay young I don't mean that necessarily by exercise. I don't mean that necessarily by listening to certain types of music necessarily or wearing certain clothes. I mean it in a more philosophical, profound way. What I mean, and anybody listening, is that what kept me going and, and, and kind of gave me the door and opportunity uh, to reinvent myself is that I, I would network and I would go to events constantly, no matter how, even though I couldn't get out of bed. And I would just want go to entrepreneurial events all over Montreal, as many as I could, and I never stopped going. I'd go to once, twice a week, and many off, very often I'd sit in the back, almost pretending I was invisible, not much to say, but just listening to everybody. And of course, people going to these entrepreneurial events are in their 20s, their 30s, they're not 60, 70 years old, because most people about that age are winding down, 
they're, you know, they're not looking to reinvent themselves. And I understand that. I get it. It's perfectly part of life cycle. Whereas when you're in your teens, your 20s, your 30s, you're just building. It's, you know, you're, you're rushed with excitement. You're exploding with, with enthusiasm and ambition. What can I do next? You haven't built it yet. You're just building that building. You're just starting laying the foundation. Right. So you want to be with those people, no matter what age you are. But if you're down and out, and if, you're, if you hit rock bottom, or if you're feeling dismayed or disappointed or depressed, hang out. You know, one of the great things is hang out with like-minded people. What do you like to do? Anything you like to do. And generally, I was lucky. That these are young entrepreneurs that I hung out with, listening to, to what they're doing, where they're going, and their excitement. And, and, and that's an inspiration in itself. Until, you know, I did that for many years, Raul, until one day I hung out in a place where I met this young guy who was in his 30s just starting to build a real estate business. Right. And it turned out that we befriended each other after, and I asked him if he needed help. And he said, yeah, the business was growing. He needed help in private financing to raise, to raise money. I helped him raise over $10 million, okay? And I got remunerated. And then one day, he was looking at what's called off-market properties. You have them in LA, you have them in Chicago, New York, you have them in Dallas and Florida, you have them in Montreal. It's properties that are not listed. Apartment buildings, land, but we focus particularly on apartment buildings, whether it's six units, 20 units, it doesn't really matter. And, and they're called multiplexes, the same thing. And, and he was focused on that, but he was, he, was, he was, for good reasons, any business, he needed more finances to buy more properties. It was a good problem, like a business. Yeah. And I helped him find it. And then one day we came and, and, and he, was, he was finding the off-market properties. But again, a good problem with business, his business was growing too fast. He couldn't spend the time that he needed to spend to find these off markets. Because kind of trying to be like a Sherlock Holmes or a detective, it is not an easy thing to do. You got to be a jackhammer. Mm -hmm. You know, which you, keep, you know, basically you keep going when nothing else keeps going. Right. As literally that machine. And so I said to him, "Can I find you an off market property?" And he said, "Yes." So I found him three, and then I realized I'm pretty good at this. And I had no real estate experience. I just used my skills of being a jackhammer, all the resources that I could leverage, and I kept. I realized I could take this to more investors. So today I have over 70 investors. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, this man had, 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 uh, he did have the hustle, but he didn't have the finances. What I would do is look for people, find people that are doing what you're doing. Okay. Work for people that are doing what you're doing. That maybe, uh, own, uh, a startup, own a business, uh, uh, own, uh, some, something or are involved in a networking group, you know, join, whether it's Slack or Discord or whatever, join communities, join networking, join like-minded people, because you're bound to find somebody who's already, let's say, a year or two or three or four years ahead. Befriend right. them, network with them. And that would be the start of, you know, whatever it is you like to do, because there's communities and groups and meetups in LA and every, every city in North America for everything, practically. Everything you want, everything you don't want. I would, I, I, I that, that's a very common question and common challenge is that they have all the drive and ambition, but because they don't have necessarily what they think is the capital needed, they kind of feel stuck. And I understand that. There's no reason to be stuck. Okay. I'll tell you why. You don't need the capital. What you need to do is get out there and network, meet people, talk to people. And what's going to happen, what you're going to find in talking, you're going to learn different ways and creative ways of getting to where you want to go. It's like going on a trip or mm -hmm. a voyage where you don't have the map to get there, whether it's, you know, GPS or whatever, you're not, you don't have that right now. You know what you like to get to vaguely, but you're not really sure how to get there. But the only way to start learning is not to sit there and keep seeking 
is, is to get on that road and start going. And what's going to happen is you'll find out you're not ready. But what you'll find out as you start going, I know it's impossible to believe, but it's the only way to happen because action is the antidote of, of, of depression. You know what I mean? And, and it's really action and doing stuff is basically the foundation of hope. When you get on that road, you're going to find out, I got to turn left. I got to turn right. It's a metaphor, but it means the same thing, the bottom line. Get, get out, do things. You need massive action. There's no replacement to it. Don't wait until you know what you're doing because you're, not, because you're, gonna, you're gonna die before that happens. You're never gonna know completely what you're doing. Get out there. All right, and they, like, they say, right, experience is the best teacher. Uh, you know, you can only Yeah, but learn. who's gonna the experience? Yeah, right. so it's a catch-22, as they say. Yeah, experience is the best teacher, but, but nobody wants to give you experience. The only way to get experience is there is to get out there. Yeah. Because what's exciting now is there's never been a better, more opportunity than there's ever been than now to get out there in a very cost-effective way, to build a, because of all the technology, uh, you know, to, to build a business, to, to build whatever it is that you want to do. And there's so many people now that are so, uh, uh, I think, pushing to be entrepreneurial in whatever they're doing, okay? There's never been a more golden age, I think, to be an entrepreneur than there is today. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you, too. I think the opportunities are there. And... um. Okay, so I mean, I could tell here we're going to go deep into the financial conversation, but I do want to know a little bit about yourself, right, just to give the people a little bit of your backstory. So can you let us know about what your upbringing was like? I mean, obviously, you're very ambitious, and so I would like to know how that came to be. Uh, so how was your childhood? How were, you know, yeah. parents, yeah. upbringing? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's a great question, Raul. I mean, you know, my father was an entrepreneur, uh, uh, but, 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 uh, uh, and 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 he, and he was a business guy, so obviously, and, and he was in real estate, but he didn't really teach me any directly. So obviously, that wore off. Mm -hmm. um, and and uh, he shared a lot of his thoughts. So he always believed in um, in his particular belief in not working for someone, but building their own thing. So obviously, that had some effect. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that was my particular upbringing. So right. that was uh, kind of uh, instilled upon me early. Uh, and, but but. Even when I, whatever I did and going to university, I always chose a different path. You know, I, I, I don't know why totally. Part of it was my upbringing, I would think, to some extent. And part of it is who I am, mm -hmm. okay, what I am. So, but you don't necessarily have to have an entrepreneurial upbringing, whether you're in, 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 in South Central LA or you're in Chicago, New York or Dallas, you know, you just got to have a burning desire to be better than what you are, okay, financially, emotionally. And you have to have some dreams, okay. And, and don't be freaking shy about them. Go wherever you got to go. There's got to be someone out there doing something that maybe a couple of years ahead, hook your wagon to them, like I keep saying. So mm -hmm. I, I grew up there. Uh, I, I went to university in Montreal. I graduated. But for me, university didn't serve the purpose of, of launching me into profession. Okay. I, I, I still had that entrepreneurial, you know, someone says green, I would say red. And and then what happened is, is, is uh, I, I, I worked, believe it or not, for a newspaper for a while, and then I got tired of that, and then I started my own business at 28 years old, and I started it by, 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 by hook or by crook. It was, a, it was an apparel clothing business, of all things, and it didn't work, and, and I just started it by, again, if you keep going, sometimes you get an opportunity, you meet someone, things happen, and I saw an opportunity, and I leveraged it. This was back in the, in the 80s, and I think no matter what you do, if you keep going, you keep talking, and you keep thinking, Maybe you'll see a little different way of doing something or a different approach. Look at the way things are done. Can you make it better? Can you improve it? Can you change it? 
You don't have to reinvent the wheel. No one's gonna. No one's asking you to reinvent the wheel. Better you don't. Um, I would like to ask you right there because you mentioned right at twenty eight was the 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 age that you took the leap, right? And I would like to know because this is something that I went through myself. So I just want to know if you can relate to like. You know, in, in my mind, I feel like before I started anything, I, I always thought about doing it. But that for, I always made excuses for it. Like, I stopped myself from doing it. But what was your I, experience? Uh, you know, I agree. But I've always been haunted by the fact that, as this is my only, my personal way of thinking, is that, you know, to spend my whole life working for somebody else, I just could not do that. Okay? Again, it doesn't mean it's right or wrong. There are many, 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 many successful people that work for people, work a job, and love it, and it's for them. You have to decide, and it, this is not a judgment. This is, you asked about me, and I'm only asking about me. You know, I'm talking about people in general. You mm-hmm. got to, first of all, the, the challenge for yourself is no. try to figure out what's, what do you want for yourself. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Compare yourself to your previous self, okay? And remember something else. To get out there, there's a thing, I always believe in this, and I, I keep pushing it. Shyness costs you money, Larry. Actually, shyness costs you dreams. You cannot be shy. People pounce and take advantage of you or shy. Do not be shy. You got to stick up for yourself if you want them. You cannot be shy. You'll get nowhere fast. And the other thing I believe very much, if something doesn't bring you peace, profits, or a purpose, I repeat, peace, profits, or a purpose, whether you're 20 years old or 70 years old, don't go anywhere near it with a 10-foot pole. So you first have to look at yourself and say, Okay, I'm working this job. I like it. I'm comfortable. Or I want to get this degree. That's cool. That's that's great. Okay, because you got 50, 60, 70, 80 years. Hopefully, if your health keeps with you, and then it's over. So don't don't think it ain't going to be over just because you're 20. It is. I hate to say that. It is. You don't have forever. Mm-hmm. I, I believe in acting with a sense of urgency. So that's the first thing. You got to decide as best you can. Very often we don't know what we want. That's a big challenge too. You know. I, you know, I learned first things last. I mean, in my 30s, I still didn't know. But I knew I could do my own thing. So as best as possible, read, listen to podcasts, go network, talk to as many people, events, try to figure out what is it that you're looking for? What is it that you want to do? What is it that makes you happy? Okay? It's a very delicate balance between dreams making you happy and financial compensation. I know all that. But at the end of the day, you got to live with yourself. That's a constant challenge, all that. Constant pressure. Right, but that's the beauty of the, the free market economy that we live in. It's like, well, the, the choice is free. You can you can stay here or you can go up here. You can then, And nobody's going to judge you for it. It's just like, okay, well, you're happy. You're happy. You got to do what's good for you. Because you got to live with yourself at the end of the day. Yeah. You got to do what's good for you. As difficult as it is, you know, whether you're 20 years old or 50 years old, doesn't matter, or 60 years old, you're going to get there. You got to do what's good for you. So the first challenge is to, to try to figure out what is it that you want, okay? Right. Uh, the other challenge is try to find a mentor. Try to find a co- you know somebody that you can look up to, that you respect his opinion, her opinion. Not family, not friend. It could be a friend. But not the really yes man. You don't want a family because family are family, and God bless them. But you know it is everybody has skeletons in the family closet. You know it is what it is. Okay, you're, you're, you're not you know, you can choose your mentors and your coaches. You can't choose your family. As the cliche goes, but. Find, find it. Spend some energy and effort. It, it is invaluable. Again, it's something I learned late. I learned all this stuff late in life, too late. So try to find a mentor or a coach. And yet they're expensive. I know that. But find someone, keep going, who you don't need a regular basis. You can ask an opinion to respect it. Again, 
it doesn't mean it's the gospel. You take that opinion because he or she has that experience that you don't have, and you respect him or her, and you, like the cliche says, take it with a grain of salt, screen it, and use it as part of your filtering process to come to a decision for you. You need a lot of different input, like everything else, to come to something that can make, that, that can make sense. But at the end of the day, you're only going to know when you act. The worst thing is, you know, if you don't act, uh, and, you know, as scary as it is, because you're afraid to make a mistake, you're afraid to fail, and all, you know, which is all normal. It's all normal. But what's worse is I tell people, you know, don't fear failure. It's cliche. Feel fear of being in the same place next year as you are today. That's a lot worse. So, you know, if you don't move forward, you're moving backwards. Yeah. And, you know, this that would be my advice for people, too, who may even be in the position of starting anything. Is like I can share my personal experience with that being like, I remember I was in downtown and, and I was recording for a video, but I was so nervous about recording and people seeing me. And I don't know why I was just shy and I was having a, like a, this whole head trip about it. And then I just I just snapped out of it. And I was like, hey, you know what? As, as scary as the feeling of being embarrassed would be, what would be a lot more terrifying is is not chasing my dreams and, and just settling for something else. So I just let the that terror outweigh the other terror, and I was like, "Well, that's scarier." So I'm just gonna yeah, yeah, fight this. Yeah. Sooner or later, you're gonna wake up. You're gonna run out of time. Okay, it may be impossible, impossible if you're 20, 18, or 15, or 21, or 25 to get that. I know it's impossible, but it's sooner or later you will. Don't wait. Yeah. Uh, so right there, you mentioned at 28, you opened. You said Hook and what was the name of the company? It was a apparel company, a clothing company. It lasted for about 20 years, and then I lost it. Uh, so I, what was, well, I mean, 20 years, that's a very long time. Uh, how? So how was the early days? Can you share with us, like, what was the early experience? How did you start the business? Was it, did you uh, have? Yeah, built- I, I, in those days, like, I do everything. I, I, I kept looking. I went to see, uh, uh, um, you know, at that point, I was making apparel. It was in the 80s when the, the, the sweatshirts and all that kind of product, which is, you take it for granted, was, um, uh, uh, was, um, was just exploding then, the colors. Mm. And I, I went to specialty shops, maternity, believe it, and plus sizes. And I said, okay, uh, maybe I can adapt that. Again, I was creative and trying to find a new way of taking what was just coming on the market. I, I befriended, reached out. I was never shy because, again, shyness costs you money, costs you your dreams, I keep telling you. So, because if you are, you're, you're dead. And, and, and I, I started to build successfully uh, um, specialized apparel and for, for, for maternity and large size people. And, but at the end, my mistake was I didn't adapt. I didn't change. I didn't diversify. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't uh, uh, you know, I, I too long ran uh, an existing uh, scenario and a business, you can't do that. Just like in life, it's the same thing. You, you can't do the same thing forever really Except so 1980 to 2000 was that were those the years of the show? late 80s late 80s it started i think yeah, or mid 80s yeah late yeah late 80s till about early 2000 then i oh, lost okay. it yeah and and then very early and then for 16 years literally um you know it was devastating i hit rock bottom i hit rock bottom at 50 years old and uh, not at 10 or 20, or I mean, I'm sorry, not at 30 or 40, but at 50. And that was, um, that was, that was, that was a nightmare because it affected me tremendously. Uh, you know, I was on um, uh, all kinds of um, antidepressants. It was really bad for me. Okay. Really, really bad. I couldn't get out of bed at times. Um, 
I would, there's a mountain, there's a park here, like something like Central Park in New York. It's called uh, Beaver Lake, uh, Mount Royal in Montreal. And, and it's a beautiful, magnificent, huge park, like Central Park in New York a bit. And, 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 and you know, I would go there and when it was cold, I would, I would not put the heat on, just sit there alone in the parking lot for hours. I was really bad. I would see uh, therapists, psychological therapists, you know, and all that to help me. Nobody helped me eventually. And, and, and I, I was lucky in one sense only, if I were to tell you, um, is I had a secret weapon. And I'm going to tell you, uh, it, it's very, very helpful when you're going through hell, a tough time, if you have a thing called love. I know it's going to sound a little corny and dramatic and all that, but at the end of the day, um, it's really all that matters, really. It really is all that matters. And as you go more, as you live in life, you see, it's the simpler things, I think, um, um, and the um, the simple things that really matter in life. Okay, it's really the simple things. When you get complicated, uh, it lo it loses it loses a lot of uh, heart and soul. But anyways, um, uh, uh, so I had that. I had my wife, fortunately, been married, and my wife's from Brooklyn for thirty well now thirty six years, I think, or thirty seven. I better be accurate, or I'm in trouble. <laughs> and and yeah. I had that, and she supported me like that. You know, I mean. I still have, but at the end of the day, I still have to take care of me. Okay. I have to get me out yeah. of it. It's good to, and for 16 years, um, uh, I worked jobs. Okay. Uh, treated like garbage. Sometimes it was not fun. I wouldn't wish my enemy. I, I wouldn't wish to my worst enemy. How I got out of it basically is I, I, like I said to you, I kept going to, I, I never gave up for some reason, even though I don't know why at times I kept going until I met this gentleman in real estate. And that was the beginning of turning it around. 16 years uh so right there just for the you know the the up-and-coming entrepreneurs who might be looking into like the apparel industry just with your you know 20 years of experience is there any advice that you could offer them just you know maybe inside advice maybe some tips and tricks some things they should probably bases they should cover first you know if they want to start an apparel brand not apparel i can't really today i'm not familiar i could just start generally with with, with um with starting a business, you know, I, you know, first and foremost, really do your homework. See, see if there's a need to start what you're starting. See if anybody really needs it. See, see if anybody, can, you know, it, are you really bringing something of value? Number one, okay. Um, would anybody miss it if you didn't do it? Okay. Um, uh, who's your target market? Who are you serving? You know, there's no really money. Uh, uh, what are you improving or changing that doesn't exist? You know, or it doesn't exist the way you're doing it, you know? So just really do your homework and research, which is not hard to do today. Okay, you don't have to step out. You can basically have the internet and talk to a lot of people, okay? And, and, and as much as possible to, to, to research it before you, 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 you spend too much time, let alone money, on what you're trying to do. But there are, especially in the technology field that I don't even, I don't understand beyond my comprehension. There's zillions of opportunities out there, for God's sake. Um. Okay, so so you move through that, you go through your period, sixteen years. You said jumping from job to job. Um, how was it going from on top, and then I mean, I imagine it was somewhat of a humbling experience, right? Going back to the was it were you in a corporate job for sixteen years or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just working for people was 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 a nightmare. Humbling is an understatement. You're being generous. <laughs> um, you know, I I I had it rough. I was I went even to the point of. I had to go shining shoes in airports. I mean, I, I did what I had to do. Uh, 
not fun. But you know what? I talk about it very freely right now, if you notice. It doesn't really matter. It means nothing. Right. It means absolutely nothing. It's part of my life. I, I do shoe shine. People that do shoe shine, that's great. These are doing legitimate work, and they're working, and they're contributing. So so that's phenomenal. Whatever, I don't give a damn, but I did that. I cleaned for banks. I cleaned offices at 12 o'clock at night. I mean, someone's going to do it, right? So I did whatever I needed to do, which is what you got to do sometimes. It's called adapting. It's called as difficult as it was. Yeah, it was humbling. But again, even though I felt like I was dying, even though I felt like I was surrendering, even though I felt like giving up, I didn't mm-hmm. like that. And I kept going. And I hope, and I, I many times I, I thought that the road would never change. I thought this was it. It was over. I mean, don't forget, I'm 60 something now. I'm not 30 or something. You're your age. But it did. Right. Um, Again, so how how was the transition going back back into was it just the the chance meeting with that person in real estate that you just yeah. or how did that situation come yeah. to be? Yeah, it was a chance meeting. It spoke to my being a jackhammer, my skills of being resourceful, persistent, uh, creative, which you have to be. Uh, you know, all those things. It, it, it spoke to my skills. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been successful. And I knew I was successful. And even today, there's nobody better than me finding off-market properties. Today, they all call me the jackhammer. And it's not by accident. I am the only jackhammer, okay, in terms of real estate, okay? And that's literally an accident. I wrote a book called The Jackhammer Effect. I had a podcast I do called The Jackhammer Effect. I'm going to be starting a mastermind group called The Jackhammer because that really sums me up. If you know what the machine does, it keeps going when nothing else keeps going until it gets done what it wants to do. A machine for construction that you put into the ground to make that hole. So, so um, I don't think about it too much. I didn't belabor <laughs> it. wasn't time to be philosophical. It was time to get to work. I did it. Kind of like, I know it's, it's a very ironic, bizarre thing to say. When COVID happened and forced everybody indoors, it was the best thing for me. Only because, not medically, because real estate never suffered. Okay? In, in, in Montreal, unlike many people did. Okay? It didn't suffer as a business, the buildings. It was stronger than ever, fortunately. Uh, uh, buildings don't get COVID. So the real estate market was very strong. Uh, uh, as in many cities, it was very strong. And in Montreal, was no different. So I found the properties. They were the investors there. It was still time. It was one of the few things that were strong. And I was in it. And, and I was growing it. So it, that year and a half, two years, or two and a half years was a nightmare to live through. There's no question about what we all experienced to live through through the world, let alone us here in North America. But but for business, that, that kind of Put my foundation and then and now I'm, I'm really basically trying to act at, 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 at as fast as you know as fast as i can go to make up for a lost time right. and and i'm just leveling up my, my my social media a little bit you know instagram linkedin and sooner or later i'd like to get on tiktok can you imagine me as a character on tiktok i know it sounds crazy but no and, actually it's pretty fitting say, i feel like you have the perfect personality for that type of stuff you know like when you People like that eccentricism, like that that high energy, you know, motivation talk. I mean, I feel motivated just listening to you. So, I mean, I know people probably feel the same way. And also, I wanted to bring up something right there because you mentioned it actually beforehand, and I have forgot to ask my question. But, you know, you said right there, you mentioned a lot of the jobs that you did. You know, I think there's an emphasis there on, on not being too proud to do a job, you know, and I think a lot of young kids, especially today, struggle with that idea of, uh, you know, I'm not yeah. going to work a nine to five. I, you know, that's not for me. I'm going to be 
this, 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 that, you know, and it's like, I think there's a misconception there where people uh, think that there's ways to skip steps and maybe there are ways to skip steps or there's ways to find ways around it. But, you know, essentially, if you want to build any sort of basic, you know, basic saving fund or something, you've got to make the money somehow. And the easiest way is to get a job and start building that fund. And I think that's important right there, you know, especially being somebody who who has as much success as you do, as much experience as you do, you know, for you to be honest and not, without shame, just, you know, tell that, which is, I mean, there is no shame in it. You know, I've worked almost over 20 jobs myself, you know, and I'm only 20, Absolutely. you know, I'm yeah. only 20, what's about to be 26 well, in July. Is, you to think of it as a temporary thing. Right. It's not your life. I mean, you're not, you know, you know, th- you know, some people did it as their life in the past and that, that was their deal. Fine. But you know, there is no such thing. The worst thing to anybody, which I despise, is to be judgmental of other people. Right. There's no freaking way you could be judged. Don't be judgmental of anybody, okay? Take care of yourself. Be respectful of everybody. Everybody has a right, I know it's a cliche again, to be happy and to pursue what they want to pursue. I don't care who they are or what they are. Every right, okay? You gotta be respectful. If they're not nice, that's a different story. But not nice people come in all shapes, sizes, and colors. Nice people. So work i did i i did what i had to do and anybody should realize it's a temporary thing bridges you got to get to the other side look at it as a bridge as a link and it should even give you more ambition more drive more inspiration to keep it as temporary as short-lived as you can and how important do you think goal setting is in that process like you know you mentioned before uh it's like this idea of when people say, hey, I can't see how I'm going to get to my goal. And then it's like, well, can you see one step at least? Can you see what your next step exactly. is? Yeah, they get they get bamboozled. You know what I mean? There's, there's a thing called, instead of writing out the big goals, okay? It's like, I know it's, again, a cliche, but it's, it's, it's really as simple and as complicated as this. When you want to get to somewhere, you have a house and they have 10 steps. I mean, unless you're a total maniac, okay, God bless you, you don't jump to 20 steps, okay? That's not what we do, okay? You want to do that, you can do that, do whatever you want. But for most of us, we take one step at a time, maybe two steps, some people three if you're excited, and you can take those steps as fast as you want. You can go a million miles an hour, or you can go, you know, as slow as you want, okay? But dogs, and my favorite dog, or people, you take one step at a time. When you're climbing something, a mountain, you take one step at a time. People go hiking. They take one step at a time. Well, it's the same thing with goals and dreams and ambitions. You know, and I've learned this the hard way. You got to lay out what's step one, what's step two. Don't go to, you know, you, you want to be a certain thing. Let's say you want to be a doctor. You want to be an engineer, whatever you want to be. Mm-hmm. That's the end. The step is, what's the first step you got to do? Well, the first step you got to do is you got to say, okay, um, uh, uh, you got to get certain grades to get you into a certain medical school, right? If you want, okay? That's the first thing in high school or whatever. Never mind the other 20 steps. They don't matter, okay? What's the first step, okay? Then you check it off. Check the boxes. Step two, step, just take it in steps. That'll give you the momentum and motivation you need to keep going. It is much too overwhelming, much too difficult, and impossible to consume. It's It's gonna make you crazy, and to the point, that's why you sit there and you don't know you know, which way to turn, which way to go. You just get uh, uh, confused and frustrated. And it's understandable. It's just too much to absorb. So you got to break it down, like people will tell you, into small chunks. 
as anybody, as any mentor will tell you. It's there's no other as they do it. Anybody does it. Step one, two, and each step will lead you to the next step. That's why you did it. And then eventually, you start with only one or two. That one or two is going to become six, seven, eight, nine. There's no question. It's like oh, you'll get more opportunities, and 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 more ways to build and to grow yourself. But you got to break it down to its smallest components. There's no other way to handle it. Absolutely, whatever it is you want to do in life, no matter how ambitious it is. Right. Um. And what I want to, all right. So moving on slowly, what I want to ask you here is. Because I think business tends to get this rap of being this cold, capitalistic practice. And um, I think uh, in instances like branding, uh, marketing, you know, there's real opportunities to be very creative when it comes to business. And I would like to know what your take on creativity in business is and how much of a role that plays. I think it plays everything. Okay, I think it plays everything. I mean, uh, uh, it's a constant struggle. I mean, you got to first figure out, you know, Sounds obvious, but people don't do it. Uh, who's your market? Who are you going after? What are you doing? I mean, it's better off to be the king of a small thing than to be nothing to billions of people. You know, f find your market that you can serve, okay? Find somebody or some people, and hopefully it's a big enough market to, to warrant the If it's not, then what's the business? What do you have? So what's the market? You can't serve everybody all the time. You're not uh, Apple computer. Apple maybe does sell to everybody. <laughs> it's one in a zillion because right. people, everybody uses phones and they use computers and all that. But most of the world, you know, it, it, there are very few who can sell the world. Maybe people sell medical, uh, 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 medical, mm. uh, you know, Johnson and Johnsons of the world and all that who sell band aids and all these things. They sell everybody because everybody needs band aids of some sort. Right. But that's rare. But in the world of 2023, find who you want to sell, find your niche. And the more smaller and more powerful that niche, the better off you are. Because whatever it is, I'm sure the numbers are good. And then, and then, and then, you know, figure out, make sure you understand that market. Talk to that market. Research. Learn that market. Because they're the ones that are going to decide your economic fate. You know, okay? They, they, they're the ones that are going to decide if you live or die as a business, okay? So you, you obviously want to not just live, you want to prosper, Okay. So, 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 so that's, that's critical. And, and then you, and then I'll always, whatever it is, your product or service you're doing, depending on how important it is to be creative, how important is the packaging, how important is the execution, the communication, it's always important all that. And creativity, how, how does that differentiate you? But most important of all, I think it's important to be different, but to be important, to be relevant, relevant, relevant to, 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 to who you're talking to and know who you're talking to. And otherwise, if you don't, you're, you're like, it's like taking a you know, gun and just shooting it into the sky, which is, you know, you can yeah. do what you want. You can do that, but I don't know what that means. Yeah, all right. It doesn't mean much. All right, there's no real uh, path there, you know. Um, so it's my understanding that you also have quite a bit of experience in creating partnerships uh, and being strategic yeah. in, in that sense. Can you please share with us maybe some of those partnerships uh, and then yeah. or how yeah, you were yeah. able to. Yeah. yeah, strategic partnerships. Well, well, about 10, 12 years ago, I put together, I don't know if people remember, but you know, I heard of Heidi Klum, the famous supermodel, and who's on America's Got Talent. And, and, and we all know of New Balance, that run issue company, which is today, I think, over a $3 billion 
company, still private. I'm sure we all, it may not be as famous as Nike, but New Balance makes a phenomenal shoe, right. as anybody who owns it knows it. They make a great product. Uh, as anybody who knows, as wore New Balance, and I have, I love the product. Great product. You got Absolutely. a pair over there. Uh, absolutely. And, 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 but they, they also have not gone after the kind of endorsements like Nike and Adidas did with the NBA, the NFL, all these people. So, so about 12 years ago, uh, the, the company Lululemon, which I'm sure you heard, was kind of invented after leisure, which is actually out of Vancouver, Canada, but all over the world today, the pioneers, and another tremendous company, a brilliant, brilliant entrepreneur who, who began it, absolutely brilliant. And, and, and he uh, built this, literally, this empire. And they, they spawned, they, they uh, you know, many people got into the athletic leisure because of, of, of what they saw with Lululemon doing. So athletic companies, activewear, they were all imitating that, which you could, because the business was tremendous, especially focused on women. And in 2012, that really started to explode more, more than ever. It still continues, of course, but it really did, or 2010, 12. And, and, and uh, you know, the big athletic companies, Nike, Adidas, they had women's divisions, women's fashion apparel. It was really just starting to really explode, believe it or not, grow. But New Balance didn't do anything. They had a terrible, terrible women's assortment apparel. They had, like, was from 1925. It was really, really very basic, very unimaginative, uncreative. So the people I was with uh, uh, at that time working for somebody, they had the world's license to Heidi Klum. She still was married to a gentleman named Seal at that point, who was a phenomenal singer, and they had their last kid, and she just finished her pregnancy, and they were deciding what they were going to do. And and what happened is, what were they going to do with the license, right? She's finished her pregnancy. They, they were making maternity calls. That only lasted eight, nine months, of course. That was done. And then the bottom line is, um, they came to me, they asked me, what do you think? And I said, you know what? Maybe we could hook up uh, Heidi Klum. And even then, she was pretty famous and well-known, uh, respected, uh, with a running shoe company. And they said, I like that. Let me run it by her. She loved it. And then I said, then she said, who does Myron have in mind? After doing a lot of re research, weeks and weeks of research, I came up with New Balance. Not by accident. I came up with it because, you know, I saw that Nike was like, or Adidas was like talking to God at that point. They were right. a public company, $30, 40000000000 billion. Even then, they were, God knows what they are now. So it figures that go, figures that, 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 that are on Pluto, you know, on right. Mars. So, so. You know, deservingly so, I'm sure. And there are many other companies. New Balance was at that point, was a private company. It still is, I believe. And so it's more talkable. And, and, and they were, even then, they were still at two billion, which is by most of the world's uh, accounts and individuals, that's a humongous, unimaginable number. People can't even fathom that number to the dollars. I understand that. But in the running shoe world, they were small, very small. And they continue to be, in terms of dollars and cents. And even though, for, you know, that's all I'm talking about. So I suggested we reach out to New Balance based on my research. And they suggested to Heidi Klum, and she loved it, liked the idea. And she said, well, okay, who does Myron know at New Balance? And the guy I was working for says he doesn't know anybody. So she said, well, okay, uh, that's nice. Uh, how the hell is he ever going to get there? I mean, it's like talking. Well, leave it to Myron. Let, let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can figure it out. So I, I started to... Uh, um, and they said to me, you know, I was working with, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I figure if anybody can do it, you can do it, Byron. I'll leave you. Good luck. You have our blessing. I hope the hell you can do it. If you can't, you can't, but I hope you can. So a couple of months went by, Raul. I kept calling, you know, emails were around then. Yeah. Yes, yes. Not to, absolutely. It was 2012, not, uh, not 1912. 
and and and, and um, eventually I connected, you know, to an assistant. Assistants are also very good, by the way, because they're the doorway, they're the entry level to 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 to, to their bosses, who are generally the people you want to speak speak to, but you can't speak to the bosses right away, so to speak, if you know what I mean. But assistants generally are are, are phenomenal people and receptionists because. They, you know, if, if you're able to articulate, they want to help. Actually, they become part of that process of exciting. So, which is, which is, which is, which is, which is it sometimes. And this one was, and eventually connected me with a boss who, who I eventually connected with a head of marketing there. I remember I wasn't really licensing them. It was only about 10, 12, 10, 10, 10, 13 years ago. It wasn't that long ago. And and he he liked the idea as I explained to him. I said I think I think it's a match made in heaven. You could use uh, Heidi Kuma, she can use you, running shoes and apparel. And you, God knows you need to explode your woman's business if you want to be competitive. I would think so. And he agreed. So Boston is their royal headquarters. Boston, Mass is where they are. We went down there. A year later, we made the deal. Um, I've also, uh, and they went on Amazon and they sold mm-hmm. millions of dollars. Of and even today, you can look it up. HKNB, Heidi Kuma, the balance, the local. I think it's still around today. Okay? I'm sure. And uh, I also... Uh, Later on, I uh, was asked during COVID, actually, to connect um, a CEO with um, uh, a CEO loves football. He's a, he's a singer and a great singer. And he liked the New England Patriots because he's from England. And they're mm-hmm. called New England Patriots. He's a very knowledgeable guy in football. So uh, I, I, I reached out, and believe it or not, imagine trying to connect to LA's NFL team. Not such an easy task. Right. This is all not knowing anybody. Cold. But I did connect to the New England Patriots. By persistence, and I realized because of COVID, nobody was working. They were all on their mobile, right? Which was fortunately kind of worked in my favor. And then I connected to Lacoste, and then eventually I had an idea. I connected with Sesame Street. I've connected with Martha Stewart. And how I've done this is, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta first of all have a lot of. You gotta be a jackhammer. You can't be afraid to call. You can't be afraid of somebody saying no. So who cares? You move on next because most people are going to say no, or they're going to say, "Who are you?" Or they're never going to respond to you. So you got to be ridiculously aggressive, not not in a rude or disrespectful way, but just keep on it. All you need is one to say yes, and then you got to have something to offer that makes sense. They're not going to go come to the table these major players unless you really have something that's really a win-win scenario for everybody. So that's a couple of things I've done, and I continue to to do it today, working for some companies in the states, help companies finding them strategic partnerships. You know, and I think that's a very good example of what I'm about to ask, but I'll I'll like you maybe, again, with your experience. Uh, I've heard this before where it's like, uh, with something like good ideas will make you money, great ideas make money for everybody, or they they create more money for everybody. And I would like to know what your take on that is. Obviously, you know, with strategic partnership, it's a 100% a selfless act. Because although you're a part of the exactly. process, you're you're really doing it for the good of the company and the good of the person getting the endorsement. Yeah, but, but if you're not, if you're not, you're not going to succeed in strategic partnership. The very definition, it's like a marriage, right? So, you know, if, if you, whoever you're getting married to, man, woman, whatever, if it's not good for everybody, it's good for nobody. <laughs> you know, if it's not win-win, it's lose-lose. Right. <laughs> No one's going to talk to you, okay? So everybody's got to get something out of it to make them even better and stronger, whether that's financially, spiritually, whatever that may be, okay? Mm-hmm. In, in in business, it's obviously a financial component. It's obvious, or it may not be. It's it's through giving them bigger um, uh, outreach, mm-hmm. their social media, 
infrastructure, market share. Indirectly, it's helping them in a very cost-effective way grow their business, or directly. There's no question. Where if they tried to do it on their own, of course they could do it. It'd just be a lot more expensive, and the, and the learning curve would be very costly, okay, in terms of trying to hire people to do it. It's a challenge always to get it right, but it's a challenge very well, well worth the effort. And also it's fascinating because in that situation, right, it's like maybe someone would would hesitate to be like you know because what you what you're doing in some sense is like you see opportunity in people that may they might not even see in themselves you're like oh well, i i know who heidi klum is and i see that her potential as the face of new balance for this brand collaboration yeah. and it's like maybe that's not an idea heidi klum would have even came up with and i think people when you're selfless in that way you can even come up with good ideas you know it's like it doesn't always have to be oh how can i do the best but like oh wait i see the piece here and i see this piece here and if i can be the connector then i I can make something greater and it's like i think uh i think you're a great example of that definitely but it's just another way to look at business that's the only way it happens um uh what you just said um it's it's the only way it happens by 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 figuring out how everybody can win, okay? By figuring out and presenting it that way, when everybody feels that they can win or get an opportunity or grow, it, it really is magic. You know, I mean, it really is like art. You know, you're creating something that didn't exist before. You're then just think of it's like a real aha moment. It's like really going to the moon and back without going to the moon and back. Okay, it's just an unbelievable experience because you did something when a lot of people thought. I could never do this. It could never be done. You could never, I mean, who thinks you put Heidi Klum in the mouth? And you've done it, okay? And yet, like anybody who's done something, uh, whether it's music-wise, written books, uh, uh, paintings, uh, uh, or in business, that really, people really weren't sure or didn't do it before. It's got to be a great high because you say, you know, and we keep, we keep being shown over and over again, the impossible is not impossible. Only those who believe it is. You, you, you never know unless you try. Okay? And if you don't try, then for sure it's impossible. Obviously it's impossible. Um, okay, well, I want to ask real quick because I, I tend to be, like, I like to learn from books. I don't necessarily read. I'm not going to claim I've read a bunch of books, but I do watch videos on books, and I like to pick up themes. Yeah. And I want to know if you think there's value, if any, in, in reading the past texts of businessmen. Do you think there's any books in particular maybe somebody could learn from, or do you think... It's, it's just yeah. Yeah. I, I'll bring one a couple of things well I'm sure they all know you know there, there, there's one of my idol authors a guy named Stephen Pressfield which he lives in LA actually he's a brilliant guy so Stephen wrote put your ass where your heart is okay uh, buy that book tell everybody to buy the book okay because it's all about what we're talking about it's all about what we're talking about the man is brilliant he's wrote The War of Art of course, Atomic Habits, the James Clear is a kind of classic. You got to read that. I don't read a lot of these business books, but the man is absolutely brilliant. And he's all about, again, you know, you're not born as Michelangelo. You don't need to be Michelangelo. But a lot of success is habits, repeating it, which can be very boring and tiresome at times and tedious. But you, the book is a big book, but it's worth every penny to read. It's the only way you're going to grow and learn because. It'll, it'll really put things in proper perspective because it's a million percent right. Tiny changes, remarkable results. I mean, it's exactly it, okay? Over and over and over again. Because when I say I reinvented myself, you know, I'm 70, like I repeat, Raul. In the last two, three, four years, which I have, I've also not done it business-wise only. I've done it also 
from a health perspective, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of what I eat, I exercise, you know, I go to spinning classes and you know what that is. I'm the only, certainly the only one 70 years old. Most of them are, you know, are women, of course, younger like that, a couple of guys and I go twice a month and I'm the only one, but it's great exercise for me like that. I love it. There are too many people my age going to spinning. Trust me, whether you're in LA, Chicago, New York or Dallas or Montreal, I guarantee you there aren't too many. There may be a few. Okay. I, I do my biking, you know, and I do it, but I, what I learned is, do I like to exercise? I hate it. It's boring, but I learned the benefits of it. Okay. And I, cause I've been doing it for a couple of years. It's like everything else. You got to keep doing it. Even though there's so many mornings I get up and, or days, Oh, I gotta do this again. I really don't want to, but I push myself because I have seen it. I've lived it. I know the benefits it's yes. It's acutely more urgent at my age, uh, at 70 to, 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 to you know, but truth be said, I think it's whether it's 20 or 30, 40, because you're laying the foundation. It's just like financial investing earlier, putting money away. It's critical because it compounds. It compounds. That's a critical word. And you could put 10 bucks a month away. I don't care. Five bucks a month away. But when you start at 20 something, it'll be something at 50, 60. Not wait. It's like, you don't need to put a million dollars. It's got nothing to do with that. So health compounds the same way. Okay. But the, the, the challenges where most people have trouble with is you've got to come every day and do it. No exaggeration. If not seven days a week, six, five, at least every week of every year, because otherwise it's meaningless, absolutely meaningless, which is true for most things. Yeah. Um, and I think you, you, you touched on a very important principle there, which is, you know, I think physical health is one of the easiest ways or one of the most obvious ways to practice discipline. You know, because it's like the idea, I think when people go through emotional distress, like you mentioned stress and things like that, it's yeah. easy It's easy to lie to yourself about those things or hide the emotion or whatever the case. Yeah. But when it comes to physical pain and, and the results from like, you know, being healthy, it's like you get to feel the pain and understand that you're making a conscious decision to be stronger yeah. than the pain itself. And then, or my, how my friend puts it, uh, pain is weakness leaving the body, in other words. So you're removing your weakness mentally or physically and also mentally in some sense because you're, you're surpassing your limits. And then that's why it's like, you know, it's good to practice discipline yeah, in that mean, way, I think. California, you're lucky. You got the beaches, you have generally <laughs> yeah. great weather. I mean, it's, you know, you know, you know, in, in the Northeast, we have winters, you know, which are a challenge. I mean, like that, <laughs> it is what it is, but it doesn't mean you, you still can't go out on a cold day for a walk at 10 degrees. You can't. But you got to push yourself. You cannot say, unless, or you got to move to Florida, California, that the weather's cold. It is, this is what it is. January is January, always been in Montreal or New York or Boston, you know, in the Northeast of Michigan. If you can't stand the cold weather, you got to go south or west, further like that. You got to go where you don't have that cold weather. But if you live in environments where, you know, like Mexico and California, you're blessed, okay, to have reasonably good weather throughout the year. You got to be insane not to take advantage of it. Insane and all like that. I mean, I mean, yeah. we still have overall. There's still great things to do here too to take advantage of it. But there, the weather. I mean, you've had some challenges. I know that. But generally speaking, you get it. You know, we don't have that consistency. It's just not what the Northeast is about. Oh yeah, we're spoiled. We're spoiled in in every way here in California. Honestly, it's what it is. Yeah. You're lucky. Yeah, but one thing Californians are good at is complaining. I could tell you that for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, you something not just california here too people complain you know when it's january or february they say it's cold well fuck you know 
well. I mean, of course it is. You know, like, <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I really don't like talking about anything yeah. that I can't control. Yeah. It's a waste of time. Right. And I don't have the time to waste. It's right. stupid conversation. And you're you're belittling my intelligence by talking to me about the weather and all that. You know, it's going to rain. It's going to snow. Well, it's January. It snows. I mean, if it didn't snow, I <laughs> something would be wrong. Okay. It's been doing that for thousands of years. It, you have beaches in California. Yeah. Yeah. There's climate challenges. That's a whole different story. But generally speaking, of course, that's it. You know, with, with all the challenges you have there. But generally speaking, I mean, take advantage of it, man. But because your health is so critical, and just like your fight, your money or your foundation, if you don't start take care of it, uh, there may come a time when you be too late. But it's all about consistency. It's going to creep up on you, whether you like it or not. All right, that's what they say: death and taxes. The only two promises. Yeah, whether uh, you like it. All right, all right. Um. So you know, we're getting kind of towards the latter part of the interview here. I mean, we've, yeah. we've heard the great story. Uh, just a bunch of motivation, a bunch of information. And uh, so at the end, usually what we do is we ask seven questions to our guests, you know, in order to humanize the guests. Oh, my after, God. Okay. After we hear these. No, don't worry. It's not going to be nothing crazy. After we hear these stories, I think sometimes people detach themselves from the guests. They're like, oh, you know, he's a businessman. Da, da, da. You know, but I think it's good for people to remember that at the end of the day, we're all just humans. Right. And um, so that's the service of these uh, questions here. So number one, uh, the first question is. Myron, what motivates you to get out of bed every day? Oh, uh, good question. I think it's the love of my wife, my kids, and 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 because the stuff I want to do with them and for them, and it's the and 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 the stuff and the dreams for me that I want to do still before it's too late, that I I think I can impact a lot of people. Amazing. Um, I know this whole podcast has been pretty much advice, but can you maybe sum it up or give one more new piece of advice to the people, whether it be people in the in the business world or just in general? Yeah, I mean, I can tell you many things, but one of the biggest things is shyness costs you money. I love saying that because it's very true. And it, and more importantly, it costs you your dreams. So uh, uh, I know it's a cliche. I know it's it's extremely difficult, but those are all excuses. If you can't figure out how to keep going, uh, you're gonna go. You're gonna. You're gonna go backwards. You're gonna go backwards. Right. Um. Can you tell us, or can you share with us, rather, the first time in your life that you ever felt uh, accomplishment? Yeah. When I uh, sold my first off-market property, or I found it for someone about two years ago, August 2020. Um. I found. I've had other accomplishments to feel, but that was one of my accomplishments. And then. Um, Way back in when I was 20 something years old, instead of writing a term paper at university, yeah. I, gave, I gave a creative academic lecture where I told the story of, of a psychology book in a story. I gave visuals, audio, and the challenge was 30. I got 30 out of 30 and the class got up and gave me a big applause. So that was, that was, that was a big deal. That was good. Amazing. Uh, can you share with us any long-term or short-term goals you may have? Um, well, travel-wise, I love to, you know, travel-wise, there's a lot of things I still want to see, of course, in the States, and I haven't gone to Gettysburg, by the way. I love to, I want to see Gettysburg. I know it sounds crazy, but one of my idols is Abraham Lincoln. But, um, <laughs> but, um, Honestly, no, yeah, yeah, one of my idols, that's mine. But, no, I, I have, I have a whole bunch of them, uh, whether it's travel, some financial ones, 
uh, I think the biggest deal is to to, to leave some impact before uh, through, through through my goals to leave some impact before it's all over. I'm more than just me. The legacy. Um, here's the last two questions. These are the shortest questions, but sometimes they're the deepest questions. In most cases, uh, the first question is, what do you love? I'm sorry. What do you love? Well, I, I really love my wife, my kids, first and foremost. And um, after that, I think I love anybody or anything that's trying to do something that's that's good and right. And the final question, uh, what, Myron, are you afraid of? The most human question, I think. Oh, I, even now, before I, I, I had all kinds of uh, palpitations before I got on the podcast with you. I'm, I'm just afraid uh, a little bit every day. Uh, new challenges, new adventures, the unknown, which is pretty well what I do every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, I feel like it, it's in some sense it's Thanks. important. Oh. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, yeah, to be on the edge sometimes, you know, to remind yourself that. Uh, you know, I'm afraid to be uncomfortable, but I have no, but I, but I love being uncomfortable at the same time. Definitely. Uh, well, before we sign off, you got any last words for the people you want to let them know? Just that it's been an honor to, to speak, an honor to uh, hopefully give, you know, my, give my contact if you ever want to reach out. It's been an honor to be on your, on your podcast. I really loved it. And thank you so much for having me. Oh, and well, my, my bad. I forgot, but uh, you can also, can you also share... Uh, your podcast and what you do and all that stuff so people can check you out. Right now it's on hiatus, but it's called the Jackhammer Effect. And uh, just about interviewing people, they can see it on Apple or Spotify. Um, and and uh, in my real estate strategic partnerships and uh, we'll be starting our mastermind soon. So and just slowly starting my social media a little bit. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very much of a newcomer, but doing LinkedIn, we're doing Facebook, we're doing Instagram. And eventually, I'd love to get to TikTok. It's insane that is, but eventually. <laughs> yeah, you'll get that. Uh, but yeah, uh, once again, we'll have all that linked in the description below. Uh, again, thank you to Myron for coming and sharing his experience, his wisdom, and all that with us. Hopefully, you guys learned as much as I feel I did. I mean, I, I had a great time. Hopefully, you guys did as well. And uh, as always, guys, be safe, take care, and peace.